What is up, guys, and welcome to PBE Family Therapy. My name's Dr. K. And I am Blowpop. We are here with our ninth episode, and it's mm-hmm. sort of a, a lull in the action. It's a mm-hmm. spring training episode. It's a between-seasons episode. So yeah. what, uh, what all do we have on the docket today, Doc? So basically, we're going to be talking docket. about... my. <laughs> You get it? <laughs> just, just blew right by me. I didn't even notice that. <laughs> I didn't either until I shouted it out. The best so. part is I was about to make a really lame joke about all we're talking about today is my stamp collection. Um, but that was that was much better. <laughs> I agree it was. <laughs> oh, my word. So today we are going to not be talking about my stamp collection because I don't have one. Um, but we're going to be doing sort of a season 24 preview episode. Okay. I think we have some amount of credentials now to talk about it. Not because yep. we're brilliant or anything, but because right. we have witnessed a full season. So, yes. yep. you know, we have we have exposure to the product at hand. Yeah. And I think going back to our, let's see, I don't remember which episode it was, but one of our earlier episodes where we talked about our season picks, um, I'm, I'm pretty sure we either sort of randomized stuff or just kind of guessed things. So I, for the season picks, whatever, yeah. I think it was episode two, mm-hmm. you for sure based your season picks exclusively on total team TBE. That's right. Yeah. And then what I did is I, generated like a weighted randomizer that was effectively like it was like effectively building a spinner wheel where different pieces of the pie were larger depending on the tpe of teams and then i kept spinning until every team had a different amount of quote wins to establish an order and then like whichever team had the most wins got first place or whatever i gotcha okay so we're we're moving on from that quasi random or just tpe totals to having a little bit more sophisticated uh process we'll say right so, so what we ended up doing is uh for the majors and minors even though minors don't really matter in terms of prediction uh we took a batch of 100 simmed seasons at once and apparently mm-hmm. there's a way that uh, otp can just simulate 100 seasons and mm-hmm. give you the viewer a rounded average Mm -hmm. so we simulated 100 seasons and then we did that four times Mm -hmm. and then averaged all of those averages and the reason that we had to split it up like that is because we originally wanted to do a thousand sim seasons at once and Mm -hmm. just call it but what dr k found out with the simulations (laughs) was there might be like a bit overflow or something Mm -hmm. where depending on whatever power of two is the cutoff point something weird happens but basically what ended up happening was for some reason we ended up getting negative numbers for like win totals and stuff yeah it was like leading the league uh the apex has negative 37 wins and nine losses it was like whoa whoa, right (laughs) but and but the weird thing is we were pretty sure it was all stack overflow or whatever you want to call it because when we did separate 100 season batches Mm -hmm. we got the same order because you said like the apex are leading with negative 30 wins and nine losses but then you also said the 
like aviators or whatever were Mm -hmm. behind negative seven wins or something like that so like they they were in first place the Mm -hmm. the game just didn't know how to display it yeah yeah and it was like inverse so it had the the, well spoiler alerts for what we'll be talking about the apex projected to be last in the eastern division um and so that was actually flipped in the original um which had them in first it was very odd it was kind of hilarious looking but we worked through it we figured out a, a workaround um, so we basically have, you can think of it this way, uh, 400 simulated seasons and then the average of that. And then we'll be talking about team win totals kind of from then on out, talking about anything interesting with the individual teams, potential storylines, all that fun stuff. What's up, guys? Quick interjection here from the following day. Um, we've got corrected on a couple things, and I just wanted to make sure everyone who's listening to this episode in the future uh, understands everything that's going on. So first off, we discovered that the spring training file had all of the players for New Orleans and Death Valley Scorpions out of position for the entire season. Uh, so they tested far, far worse. Uh, so I hope you enjoy the quasi-comical Twilight Zone uh, <laughs> season rankings with those teams specifically. Specifically, um, but it goes to show you how important defense really is. Uh, number two, we discuss at length the schedule change. Uh, that head office passed down uh, and we had some misinformation about that so we kind of gripe about um, the only reason for the schedule change being to nerf relievers had a great conversation with Poe shout out to Poe um, and that was not the intent that uh, was a a nice byproduct of it um, but the main issue was making sure that each team had an equal number of games on the stream which makes a lot of sense um, and there was a lot of testing that went in on to, uh, with that uh, we just didn't hear about it Um, So we assumed that there wasn't any. So um, with those things in mind, I hope you enjoy the rest of the show. Let's get back to it. Yeah, and there is some weird stuff that shows up in the simulations that we ran because of some changes that the head office made. And we'll elaborate on those later uh, after we talk about the season sims and the weird impacts of changes that the head office has made. Mm -hmm. Then we'll fill any time or just brag until we feel like we're done about our own players oh that sounds perfect also very interesting one other small thing that has no significance whatsoever uh in ootp when you look at the major league standings the eastern division is listed first and then when you look at the minors the western division is listed first is it just because of the win total of the winningest team in each division? I don't think so. I'm just looking at the standings and that that's just how they list the divisions. So someone within the game file listed them in that order is my guess. Oh. There's your random I, fact for the day that doesn't matter listeners. So thanks for listening. <laughs> well, it does look like it's the opposite of what I said. Like the best East team for majors is worse than the best West team but the best West team for minors is worse than the best East team. So maybe the worst best team gets listed first. Seems overly complicated, but I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not saying it's likely. I'm saying it's possible. Yeah, there you go. As long as there's a chance. <laughs> Sweet. Should we dive into, do you want to do majors first or minors? Uh, sh- let's, let's do majors just because that's Sweet. the one that, actually has betting involved and as a preface for this Mm -hmm. i don't think i'm going to use these results for our betting right because some stuff just doesn't make sense 
it's a good starting point. It's a good talking point, hence why we're putting it on the episode. Um, right. But there will be some changes made for sure. And I think we have a decent bit of time before our bets actually have to go in. Is that correct? I think it's March 8th, and we're recording this on March 5th. Okay. So we got a couple days, but not uh, not a ton of time. Yeah, I think they have to be, I think like the primetime week ones, they just have to be submitted before five o'clock Eastern or the start of the stream on sure. Tuesday, whichever is earlier or something like that. Gotcha. I'm thinking of the over under bets. Those are uh, a little bit later. Yeah. Those for some reason, the casino lets us get a sample size of mm -hmm. the season before making bets, which doesn't really make sense to me, but whatever. But for being quite a bit richer from it. Hey, let's, let's yeah. run it back. Let's do it again. <laughs> we'll take it. Sweet. So jumping into our major season uh, predictions here, uh, let's start with the Eastern Division, the top of the division in almost all of the Sims. Uh, we kind of have two teams that are right in that range, and that's the Aviators followed closely by the Voyagers. Right. So out of the four batches of 100, and again, each batch of 100 rounds, and then mm -hmm. we round, we don't round again. So Aviators, for example, in each batch of 100 had rounded win totals of 72, 71, 70, and 70. So mm -hmm. in our little bucket here, they have an average win total of 70.75 mm -hmm. for first place usually. Voyagers averaged 69.75 for a very close second place. Yeah. So pretty much both right there. And then mm -hmm. the rest of the division pretty much is like 500 or worse. Right, yeah. Third place, we have Crabs, who average 55 and a half wins. Mm -hmm. uh, sorry, th third place is Novas at 56 wins. And then Crabs are fourth with 55 mm -hmm. and a half. Yep. Poros take fifth with 51. Rougarous fall all the way to sixth with 50 yeah. and a quarter, which is another reason why Dr. K and I are suspicious of these results, but... Mm -hmm. We know we did the process correctly, right. and we'll talk about why the results look the way they do later. Mm -hmm. uh, but then seventh in the division are Indy Apex with 33 and a quarter. Yep. So in terms of the overall division, looking at two top contenders and then like, let's see, four, like sitting right around 50 wins and then Apex kind of falling behind. Right. And, you know, I I would buy, just looking at rosters and TPE totals and all that, mm -hmm. I can buy Aviators and Voyagers being super close. Yep. But until we dug into why the numbers came out the way they did, Rougarou's at sixth obviously seems super wrong. They yep. just finished first last season mm -hmm. in their division, and they just finished first overall winning the World Series. Yeah. And... We'll elaborate on why these numbers are weird after we go through the other three divisions of the majors and minors. So for yep. the West, uh, with an average of 72 and a quarter wins per season <laughs> are the Nashville Stars taking first pretty handily. Yeah, yeah, like by a lot. Like over right. for average, uh, they won by more than 10 wins. Right, so uh, demons and sloths tie for second yep. with sixty-one and a quarter. So there's a tie that's a full eleven games behind the stars. Yep, which is um, sweet. And then even after that, the gap between second and second because they're tied and mm -hmm. fourth, the Vandals have 
52 and three quarters. So the gap between four and three or four and two, however you want to think about it, is still almost another 10. Right. Yeah. And then the bottom half of this division, as you can imagine, you need losing teams to inflate all of these winning numbers. Right. Uh, we've got the Raptors at 49 and a half wins mm-hmm. and then Kashima at Oh, sorry. Then this here's the other big surprise. Uh, Death Valley Scorpions testing in at 36 and a half wins for sixth place. And then not so surprising, last place Kashima with 35 and a half wins. Yeah. Um, So the two big pink flags for our simulations Mm -hmm. are the Rougarous in the east and the Scorpions in the west, each being a highly contentious playoff candidate this last season falling all the way to sixth in their respective divisions. Um, There's less surprises or fewer surprises in the minors though. Yeah. Uh, The East. Do you want to talk about the reasoning behind these weird things? And then we can just jump to the minors after we talk about all that. Sure. Um, So we did some, some snooping and some digging and Mm -hmm. some asking and some unnamed sources who definitely know what they're talking about tell mm-hmm. us that the reason that these numbers look so wonky mm-hmm. is because the calendar year of the season mm-hmm. has been reduced by a month. Yep. It still has 108 games, but because there are 30 fewer calendar days, there's way less rest between series. I think they yep. say pretty much every series just has one gap day between them. Right. Whereas it used to be like two or three. Yeah. And uh, a consequence of that is pitchers stay tired. Mm -hmm. And that ends up being hugely impactful, disproportionately so, for teams that don't have large bullpens, apparently. Yes, absolutely. And we have seen, and we've even talked about it on the show, if you remember to last season's um spring training blow pop you remember we had a team put up like 51 points we had a team put up like in high 20s you know a lot of these things this was all due to OOTP's um pitcher exhaustion mechanics and right. that is once a pitcher gets into the red they are going to just get absolutely shelled all the time yeah um so with Rougarous and Scorpions, apparently the game has decided that the bullpen they have is either shallow enough or not high enough skill level to be able to withstand stuff. So in one season, we had to do one season by itself in order mm-hmm. to pick apart individual team numbers a little bit better. Yep. Um, and Dr. K found that the Scorpions had like a team ERA of something like 7.9. Yep. And digging in like even closer there, you know, here's the issue. DVS has some incredible pitchers. It's, they don't have schlubs sitting there, right? So we went in and looked at all of the individual pitchers to get a better idea of what exactly was happening. Right. And their top pitcher had an ERA, sorry, top starter, uh, at, FUG. FUG. Fuck. Yeah, FUG. Um, He had an ERA of like nine. And then one of their uh, bullpen arms had an ERA of like ten and a half. So super, super inflated. And then looking at their schedule, we were able to kind of sift through. And basically it looked like they had lost their last something like 11 or 12 games of the season. And it looked looking through their bullpen just got exhausted. 
So they were just right. getting shelled, losing games like 20 to 2, um, not for really any faults of their own or for like a, a poor team build. It's just because there aren't enough rest days for these pitchers. Right. And from what we heard, this was just a decision that was made and I think was not able to be vetoed by GMs <laughs> at all. Yeah. And it just seems like this isn't going to break the league. Mm-hmm. But it definitely will break the current expected balance of the league for about two or three seasons if they stick with it as is. Right. Yeah. And like we had mentioned, it it had a huge impact on the majors with a couple of different teams. The minors looked a little bit more stable, um, but but this it's still a huge issue. And the issue I have it with with head office at this point, assuming. A, We'll put out a disclaimer. All of these assumptions are being made on the information that we've received, and it's certainly possible that some other things are going on and we're not aware of it as we're very clearly not in head office. But from right. what I understand, this decision was made in order to um, to debuff relief pitchers a little bit. Yeah. The idea was that with the really easy schedule, all of your relievers are, you know, they recover very quickly and they don't have any fatigue issues. And thus you could just, in theory, have your top two or three relievers pitch all of the time, right? And mm-hmm. another issue with the whole balance of the league is the fact that we don't have injuries, which is a wonderful thing. It would be stupid if we did. Yeah. Yep. Um, but in in comparison to like real life, you know, you, you can't put Josh Hader out there for 200 innings. His, his arm will just blow out. He'll get injured, right? Um, yeah. But the uh, the workaround for debuffing the relievers was to shorten the calendar season, um, which perhaps will debuff the relievers. But I feel like it is going to have so many negative consequences to other areas of the league that it seems like maybe it wasn't really thought about. The way that I said it to you before we started recording was it seems like it was definitely thought about in terms of they brainstormed for a while and mm-hmm. this is an interesting solution mm-hmm. but it doesn't seem like it was thought through and it doesn't feel like there was testing being done because yeah. if I'm for example the perspective of the Rugurus or the Scorpions and then this new calendar change is put in place yep. and this team that I have been building in real life for probably six months or yep. more is all of a sudden garbage because they decided to change how relief pitchers work yeah that's not fun no and it's not fun for me who has no affiliation with either of those teams like right that just doesn't make any sense i i spent a number of months real lifetime um building and simming through a fictional league that i created one of the cool things with OOTP as we're experiencing with the PBE is you can make your own teams, you can make your own league, you can set it up however you want. It was awesome. Um, but one of the things I noticed is I created the league. I simmed it. It was like a, a set up like the Premier League soccer. So it was a relegation system. So there were like three different leagues with 10 teams each. Anyways, it was awesome. But the thing that I noticed is trying to keep everything balanced was super, super difficult. Like right when I created the league, all of a sudden starting pitchers were crazy dominant. They were ending the season with like 1.2 ERA and it was just ridiculous. And trying to tweak and balance everything so that there's a competitive balance was super, super difficult. And you can even see this in the major leagues, like in real life. You know, they're talking about home runs are up 
and pitcher uh, strikeouts are up, you know, so what, what is something we could do to balance that? I've heard people talking about raising the mound or moving the mound back a foot. Um, they talk all the time about changing the composition of the ball to change how, you know, all this stuff is done. All of this is, is not something that major league baseball is like, Hey, what if we did this? And then they just do it. It's they brainstorm something and they, then they spend probably thousands and thousands of hours researching and developing the possibilities of, of the consequences of their actions, you know? Right. And obviously we don't want to do that because this is a for funsy sim league and we don't right. really care that much about right. what happens, <laughs> but it's still, even from my perspective of mm-hmm. a not pitcher, mm-hmm. which means I am not going to be hurt by this. And in fact, I will effectively benefit from this because pitchers will be tired and I won't because Mm -hmm. I'm not a pitcher. Mm -hmm. This isn't how I wanted to get better. I want my batting average to go up because I earn TPE and I put in the time and I earn money and buy equipment and all that stuff. I don't want my batting average to go up because all of a sudden pitchers suck because the season is a month shorter. Right. Yeah. This kind of strikes me as hypothetical hypothetical situation. Let's say you and I are going to let's open a business together. Let's go into business. We're going to sell shoes door to door. All right, okay. let's do it. And we just decide to do it. We go we each put up 10 grand. We go buy 10 grand worth of shoes and then we go door to door and we try and sell it. You know, invariably a business strategy like this is going to fall flat on its face. We're not going to make any money. We're going to, it'll be frustrating. Money suck everything. It'll be awful. Cause there was, cause there was no market research or whatever. Yeah. No, we, we, you need market research. You need a business plan. You need to understand, um, how everything's going to work so that you, you draw a profit, right? It's, it's the planning, it's the projecting, it's all of these different things that you have to think about before you just do something. And it just feels like we haven't, consider all of those options right it, it just feels to me like um like buffs and nerfs in live service video games mm-hmm. they can usually deal with like small tweaky numbers to try to find the golden spot or whatever yeah, and it just sure. seems to me like if they wanted to shorten the season to make it so relief pitchers weren't permanently refreshed and they mm-hmm. wanted them to have some amount of exhaustion so that they had to like actually cycle through instead of just have two like top dogs that came in all the time. Right. Why did they jump all the way to one month shorter? I don't know. And the the other thing that's ridiculous and it's what you just mentioned and this is this is where they should have gone with it. There are universal modifiers that you can adjust within OOTP. So you can do things like if hitting is too strong, for instance, you can take, you know, one is average. You can set the hitting, the league average hitting to 0.995 or, you know, something like that to make those kind of minuscule adjustments. Hmm. So I feel like that probably should have been the first step Um, because I while I haven't looked at it, I assume that everything is set to just average. Let me see I don't here. know, but I mean, like, even even if they have played with the sliders and they're really dead set on specifically changing the calendar of the season, mm-hmm. you know, like the the big complaint that I could gather was they didn't want two and three day gaps between series because mm-hmm. having a three day gap between series means everybody goes up to full juice. Mm-hmm. So why wouldn't they just adjust the season a little bit to get rid of right. three day gaps and have either ones or twos? You know, right. Right. But but now apparently the current formula is you have a series, then one day, yep. then you have a series, then you have one day, then you have a series, then you have one day and you just do that forever. Like yep. 
I feel like there there was clearly an intermediary step that they could have taken. Yes. Oh, that yeah. wouldn't be so drastic. And I think there's like, I don't know if this holds validity, mm-hmm. but I feel like as a consumer of games that have live updates, mm-hmm. if there is a nerf or buff that goes in and it's not enough, and then the developer says, we thought that would fix the problem. It didn't quite. We're going to give it a little more juice. Mm-hmm. Then I'm like, okay, well, they're taking it cautious or whatever and whatever. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. fine. Cool. You got there eventually. Mm-hmm. But if they want to nerf or buff something to put it in or out of viability, and then it becomes too strong or too weak, sure. then to me, it feels like, well, you're just doing something as a reac- like reactionary measure. You're not actually sure. like thinking about the impact. You're just, I don't want this anymore. I'm going to make sure it's not there anymore. Right. And then now it's absolutely terrible, so I guess I'll like bring it back from the dead. Right. And it feels worse if something gets over-adjusted compared to under-adjusted, even if step one is an over-adjust and then step two is good balance and step mm-hmm. one is over or under-adjust and step two is good balance. Like, yeah. Getting to the same spot feels worse if it yeah. gets to a bad spot as a first adjustment. Yep. I totally agree. And while you were talking, I looked up the um, basically the sliders, that you'd, as you'd mentioned, for the league file. <clears throat> and it looks like they definitely have done a number of tweaks, uh, which I think is really good. Um, but the one tweak that I think is particularly interesting uh, is that the reliever's stamina is set to 1.000. So it's set at totally average or what the league or the game determines as, as average. So that could have been adjusted either way. For instance, starting pitcher stamina is at 1.100. So it's like that has been adjusted. So I don't know why they didn't try and adjust the relievers so they could have just put relievers at like 0.9 or something yeah yeah and i think that would have changed and helped the situation i would imagine but again that's something that like how long would it take for you and i to set the reliever pitcher stamina at a 0.9 and run a number of simulations and gather some data i mean that's basically what we did for the uh the you know the standings projections and you and i were talking about other stuff and that took us what a half an hour yeah and like that is adjusting one numerical value. Whereas like I ran three different simulations of, you know, minor league cap builds for myself. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. I did each of that 10 times. And that took like maybe an hour or two. And that only affects me. Right. And that wasn't even that bad. And takes a lot more energy. It's still not a lot of energy, but it takes a lot more energy to change all of my stats. Right. And it does to change one slider. Absolutely. And on just a like, I don't know how much fun it is to do it as as you're sitting there, you get into a rhythm and get into a get into a kind of grind where you can like, I don't know, have the TV on or yeah, be chatting with someone or something. It's not like super, super heady stuff once you're doing the simming itself. Yeah, it's just a lot of click the button, wait for like two minutes and then yep. copy paste some stuff. Right. And that's it. Exactly. So. Basically, to, to sum all this up, the, it this seems like a really big issue. It seems like it wasn't really well thought through from what how for you know how we are aware of the situation from what we have seen. Um, and I really hope that it gets shored up or that it gets fixed because I I don't want to see the Rugers and the Scorpions having an awful season because of this. Um, right. That just it yeah, would just really suck. Like if they have an awful season because they lose a lot of talent, then mm-hmm. like. Yeah, sure. People yep. leave, people retire. That makes sense. Yep. But 
but the Scorpions roster is still stacked. Like yeah. the Scorpions still have the fourth the fourth highest TPE total in the entire league. Right. And supposedly they're the sixth best in just the West. That's yeah. something's wrong with the system if that happens. Totally agree. And even I think especially looking at like just their pitchers for instance, who apparently are going to be historically bad according to these projections. You know, Frederick uh, Garcia is an incredible pitcher. Vivi Zielman, Shane Green, all three of those are really solid pitchers with high TPE totals. Um, And then, like, uh, Tristan Lung in the uh, bullpen has had really good years. So there are good players on this team. Right. um, And it seems as though they're the basically getting penalized because they don't have a deeper bullpen, which to be honest, they only have five pitchers in the bullpen right now, um, which is not a ton, but still it's, it seems like for the bullpen, we're dealing with, you know, quality, uh, quantity instead of quality. Right. And like they have nine total pitchers last that we looked at just like mm-hmm. TPE stuff. So whatever, whatever yep. stuff online, they have nine total pitchers. Yep. So do Nashville. Mm-hmm. And Nashville is doing just fine. Like we just talked about 10 or 20 minutes ago, Nashville is far and away the best team in the West, even though they have the yeah. same amount of pitchers as Death Valley. It's just mm-hmm. for some reason, Death Valley is getting shafted by the head office because of how they've distributed their pitchers. Right. And looking at, I mean, the stars also have a bunch of, uh, pardon the, the word here, a bunch of stars in the pitching area. Yeah, thank you. Uh, in, in their starting rotation, you know, Taylor Johnson, uh, Barack Obama, Virzales Balquin, Lucky El Charo. Like all of these are names that I like recognize and have read despite my inability to pronounce their names very well. Um, and like in their, uh, bullpen, there's blue line who is, uh, used to be a vandal. So I did a ton of research on them great pitcher as well. So they have good pitchers, um, but they didn't get shafted as badly with the sim. Now looking at their stamina, uh, all over, uh, across the board, I, I think they have pretty comparable staminas between the teams. A couple of the stars starters have real, uh, like higher stamina, but some of their relievers also have lower stamina than, than DVS. So they seem pretty comparable and, and the results were very different. Right. It just, I don't know. This just seems like based on the simulations that we ran. And mm-hmm. again, this is 400 seasons of aggregate data, basically. Yep. It just feels wrong. And I yeah. can't help but think that season 24 is going to feel super. Or is this season 24 or 25? Yep. 24. Okay. I can't help but feel like this season is going to feel wrong. Mm-hmm. And then next season, they're going to be like, okay. We over-adjusted. We're going to add two weeks or mm-hmm. something back on the calendar. Yeah, I I think you're right. I, I would also be curious to see who creates the schedule. Like if somebody actually manually creates the schedule, which is possible with like some Excel spreadsheets and some programming and, and stuff like that. Um, right. Or if they set the start and end date and then OOTP generates the schedule. Right. Wow. Yeah. I, I don't know how the generation process works, but like one other thing I just thought about going mm-hmm. back to like my uh, rough analogy to like balancing a live service video game mm-hmm. is like, let's take Overwatch, for example. If there's one character that you really like and that character gets nerfed into the ground, mm-hmm. well, that sucks, but mm-hmm. at least I can play something else. Sure. 
if you're a high TPE relief pitcher and this yeah. season happens, uh, nuts to you. You yeah. just suck this season. There's nothing else that you can do. Have fun with your recreate. Yeah. You know, that's. And furthermore, <laughs> this this like this necessitating a larger bullpen is going to whether this is good or bad, who knows? Mm-hmm. But it's just an observation. This necessitating larger bullpens is going to lead towards fewer expansion teams because mm-hmm. each team is going to have to have more pitchers, and as a result, is going to lead to an imbalance of pitchers and fielders in the game. Like mm-hmm. if about half of the people make a pitcher and about half of the people make batters, that might not be enough pitchers. Right. Right. And that like what happens there? Yeah, it's it's tough. And I will readily admit that this is not an easy solution. The the issue does not have an easy solution. The issue of we think that relievers are too strong does not have an easy solution. Even bringing up the idea of adjusting the, the sliders still requires a lot of research, a lot of discussion, trying to figure all of these things out. So I I do not envy head office's job and them having to try and balance everything like this, but no. I'm, I am criticizing their quick, dis, what feels like a quick decision to just shorten the season. Right. Yeah. Like, like you said, we're not saying head office has the big dumb, mm-hmm. but we are saying this feels like it could really backfire. Yeah, I think so. So yeah, let's move on to something, something positive, a couple positive things I want to talk about with these season previews. Uh, something that I absolutely am super stoked about, and that is some different players on the top of the leaderboard. Uh, different teams, sorry. Different teams mm. on the top of the leaderboard. So, like, the fact that the Aviators and Voyagers had great seasons is awesome because they did well last year, but they weren't at the top of the of their divisions, you know? Right, and if that's, like, a sneaky agenda decision by the head office just mm-hmm. to, from a narrative standpoint, shake up the league... Mm-hmm. I'm maybe okay with that as long as the GMs of the teams that get shafted are okay with it. And as long as the players who are going to be negatively affected are aware of it or something, but I don't think that's the case. So like if it, if it is just changing the rules to change the standings, Mm -hmm. then I don't see a way that they could execute that decision in a moral way sure you know yeah i'm i'm guessing there are different issues i'm i'm guessing that they i probably i don't think they made the decision in order to switch up the standings and give i, I know, don't think so either but um but i see what you're saying i so i i am excited about the shakeup and i'm excited potentially for the aviators voyagers and like sloths and demons that's super cool that you know it's not just the sloths and the rougarous again you know and and the scorpions behind them right um, and, stars and, and demons showing up yeah or well specifically the demons showing up is yeah. fun because they had a losing record last right. year right yeah it's it makes it really fun and especially with some of how some of my sims went uh, testing out for some of tosin's stats it i would check the playoffs just for fun to see what would happen and like so often on that specific file, it's like, oh, look at that. The sloths beat the Rougarous again in the championship. Great. And it's just not that much fun. It's it's the reason why everybody hates the Yankees because they they win a lot and why everybody hates the New England Patriots. Because it's like, this just isn't that much fun. I just enjoy, even if it's not my team, I enjoy seeing another team 
get a victory. Like, for instance, seeing the Rougarous win last season was awesome. They had never had a playoff win, and they got all the way to the World Series, and they won. And yeah. so I was excited for just the story, but also for, like, Phillies fan, shout out Phillies fan, and everybody else on the Rougs. It's like, how awesome for them to get a win, you know? Right. Yeah, if the story is the same every year, that's a pretty boring story. Yeah, I totally agree. And there were some uh, other things that, you know, it was nice to see some good teams getting way better. You know, we also saw the Apex and Kashima still at the bottom of the league, which is a bummer, but that will also still give them some high draft capital to hopefully build a winning team soon. You know? Right. I also don't necessarily agree with like the win totals that we have presented mm-hmm. to us because I, I don't know how pitcher heavy the Apex are, for example, mm-hmm. but I still feel like they're on the upswing and they were sure. at like 40 I think 45 last year. I don't see them falling to on average 33 and a quarter. Right. That it certainly seems low. And I, uh, let me pull up their team here. They, they have nine pitchers as well uh, as most of the other teams, but they've got good pitchers like Doug dangly, 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 et cetera. Uh, Shifty Lagoose are two names that pop out to me. I don't recognize any of the others, but again, that doesn't mean really anything because we're still getting to know players in the league. Right, yeah. Not recognizing someone is not an indictment. Yep. But recognizing someone is an endorsement. Yes, absolutely. I would totally agree with that. So, um, super exciting for the teams at the top. Bummer for teams at the bottom. But hopefully, I it, it'll be interesting to be in this league for a number of years to see if, for instance, teams like Kashima and Apex being at the bottom of the league, if them having you know, very high first round picks for a prolonged period of time will actually give their team the boost they need to get out of the last place in the division. Right. Um, and, you know, to flip this to a me perspective, mm-hmm. that's part of why I am pretty A-OK with being on the Toros because we yep. had three first round picks this year. Mm-hmm. And thanks to trading away some current talent or like last year player, whatever, yeah. Thanks to some trades that have been made, the Toros will probably be worse for a couple of years, but mm-hmm. we had three first round picks this year, and I think we have two next year and two the year after that. Jeez. So like yep. there will be in about uh, eight months real time. Yep. There'll be an explosion where the Toros just suddenly have like fourteen hundred plus at every position. Right. Yep. That would be awesome. And that's, I mean, that's how everything's designed. That's how it's supposed to be is the bad teams get better. So we'll see if, if that happens for the Foxes and the Apex specifically. Right. So we'll, we'll see. Uh, Speaking of bad teams getting better Mm -hmm. in the simulations that we ran, your dynamos actually were top of the division. Yikes. That was awful. That was such a bad trans. Got him. (laughs) Got him. Oh, my word. So, uh, yes, uh, moving on to the minors, my Dallas Dynamos went from good to great, not bad to great. Um, as Blowpunk, I know, but it's uh, not funny if I say it that way. <laughs> oh, also, my word. I, I have to get my lumps in because yep. last night I was having a conversation with uh, LBG about my player render mm-hmm. not coming through um, because he's probably just a good person to talk to about any of yep. those issues. Yeah. So then he and I talked a little bit, uh, and then he said a message to me, quote, by the way, you're welcome to join Dynamo's Discord and watch your cousin and cheer them on as we possibly win a World Series this season. Yep. To which I responded, 
you talking mad smack for someone within Dilla Dilla range? <laughs> the the audacity of his invitation was respected, though. I did oh, like it. There was another hilarious, along those lines, another hilarious line that I saw, and I can't remember who it was. I think it was Kirk Swerve or Trevin Nitrous. It was some Dillo's player. Um, somebody, at, and I don't remember where it was, so I apologize for all the vagueness in this story, but it was something along the lines of, they were talking about, yep, looks like 66ers and dynamos are still going to be on the top of the uh, top of the minors, the best chance of winning the, the series, uh, winning the world series, all this stuff. And one of the Dillos players commented, it's like, yeah, they were also supposed to win last season. Dot, 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 dot. That might've been, yep. um, that, that might've been Trevin Knight, who is Ronco. I think you're right. Because when he wrote his uh, his post draft article is really fun. Yes, it's like from the perspective of his player, and it's like mm-hmm. very immersion heavy. And he yep. describes all of the picks that go before him, yep. and his player's reaction to them. And he does so. He like he injects a sense of realism. So like yeah, when you sure. get picked fifth overall, he talks about Giuseppe being like the big guy from Cuba. He he mm-hmm. looks like he's always like thinking on the mound or something yeah. like that. And you're a control freak archetype. So like he takes people's decisions that they have made, mm-hmm. and he actually like works them into the piece. It's it's a fun read. It uh, is. We are also biased because we went first round, so we are right. talked about in his piece. Right. Yes. It's still a fun fun read. Uh, but he does make a lot of comments about like, man, another Dynamo's pitcher got drafted. You'd think they won the World Series. Or <laughs> I think Just, you're right. Like, yep. Little quips along those lines. So Which is it might it might have been him. All in good fun. All in good good fun. Otherwise, when in doubt, if there's smack talk from Adillo, it's probably Cowboy. Yep, I would think so. <laughs> oh man! All right, so jumping into the minors here, we'll start with the East. First place, we have my Dallas Dynamos at like mm-hmm. 67 and three quarters wins, yep. uh, which is pretty respectable. And then second place, we've got the Kingpins with 61 wins on average. 61 uh, across the board from yeah. four batches, actually. Exactly. At exactly 61 for all four 100 iteration simulations, which is yeah. pretty cool. Got to give it up for consistency. There's only a couple other teams that <laughs> were able to do that. One other team. It might have just been Dillos in the West, who also yep. had 61 across the board. Which is pretty hilarious, so there you go. All right, so Dynamos, Kingpins. Uh, next up is the Swift Steeds with 51 and three quarter, or sorry, 52 and three quarters wins. Number four is the Mounties with 49 and a quarter win. And then the brand new to the Miners, the Lemurs coming in in last place, understandably, with 47 and three quarters wins. Yeah, and like you hinted at they should get last place yeah. you know they, sh- they they should take at least a season maybe two to kind of find their footing yeah, a little sure. bit um out of a season where 54 is 500 though mm-hmm. everything in the east is kind of clumped in the middle yeah you know with the worst place being on average we'll just call it 48 wins mm-hmm. uh it looks like from my eyeball, it looks like the East is better than the West because mm-hmm. the worst team is about six games below 500 and the best team is about 14 above. Yep. Yep. Um, if we flip that over to the West, the best place 66ers 
are uh, sitting at 62 and a quarter wins mm-hmm. on average, which compared to the best place in the East is a full five and a half wins lower than the Dynamos yep. expected. Um, Dillos are at exactly 61, as mm-hmm. we talked about, matching the Kingpins perfectly across all four iterations <laughs> of 100 seasons, which is fun. Yep. Wheelers are at 53 and three quarters as the middle of the pack in the West. Mm-hmm. And then hip cats drip all the way down to 43 and three quarters. And then bears again, understandably mm-hmm. are sitting at 40. So um, what it tells me is it, it doesn't necessarily tell me that the East is much better than the West. Although I think it, it has to be just because they have a higher win total. Right. But what it more tells me is the disparity between the dynamos and everything else is bigger than the 66ers and everything else. Yeah. I think that's a a good way to look at it. It, At least according to these simulations, the dynamos are going to, going to be significantly stronger than the East. We'll see if that actually turns into a world series win or not. Um, Knock on wood. Um, Right. And the the whole notion of relief pitchers getting hurt Mm -hmm. ends up in a weird twisted way, helping the dynamos a ton because they traded away a really good relief pitcher in Ruth Heater Ginsburg. Yep. And I think you said they got like a inactive, just default 350 TPE bat or something. Yeah, uh, starting pitcher. Yeah, we oh, got okay. back uh, Casey Tom or Tam, T-A-M-M, probably Tam, um, who's going to be really solid in our rotation. So I had, I, I think it turned out to be a good trade regardless of the switching up the season length for us, but I, I think we will be fine with this changeup, not only because we have some really solid pitchers in general, but I think we also have a fairly deep bullpen. So, and last I remember, maybe there were trades that happened or something, mm-hmm. but I think you said that this season dynamos expect to have something like seven or eight batters at three fifty. Yeah, it's, I don't know. Not sure if it's that many that high, but it's like basically our entire lineup is really high TPE players and our stop th- or sorry, our top three starting pitchers are going to be maxed out like pretty close to the beginning of the regular season. And I have to imagine that in that top three clump of pitchers, you're probably in there now. That's right. Yep. I am finally starting, uh, which is super exciting just to be selfish and talk about myself for a second. Um, but it, I, it's our podcast, dude. It, that's, that's right. It is our podcast. Um, yeah. So started in the bullpen uh, for the beginning of my player's career just to earn some TP. And I'm really happy that I did that because it would have been a bummer if I started right off the bat and had a season that was, well, there's no way I'd have a season as good as Michael Knight Rider, who just had an incredible rookie season. Um, but that's like not normal. That's an outlier, I think. Right. Uh, so it was good to start in the bullpen, have a really solid year, you know, finish with like 153 ERA plus, which is awesome. Um, so now jumping into a starting role. And from what I've seen on the sim, it looks like opening day starter, which is a huge honor. Um, so be jumping into that and almost be at maxed out TPE, which is is really cool. So we'll see how the season actually goes. Right. And you also said to me off stream off mm-hmm. camp whatever you want to call it you said that you had gleaned some insight from veterans i don't know if it was specifically lbg or who mm-hmm. but you said you had gleaned some insight about how to 
restructure your pitcher a little bit? Like yeah. you said that you were going to reorder and perhaps even swap out some pitches. Yeah, you got it. So I uh, basically when I created my player, I I did not do any <laughs> I didn't do any research or any testing on a build. So I literally was like, I'm going to make a pitcher. So click pitcher. Great. Uh, oh, there are archetypes. I have no idea what any of these mean. Um, I, I'll pick control freak. That sounds cool. Because I, I, in in reality, looking back, I was probably thinking more junk baller. Um, but control pitcher also sounded cool. So I went with that one. And then for pitches, I was like, oh, I don't know. Uh, fastball, changeup slider. We'll just do kind of the standard three pitches. Here we go. Um, in retrospect... Not only did I not understand the archetypes and what they really did, I, I did not understand that ordering pitches was important because for a pitcher, basically all it changes is it changes the max number allowed for that pitch. So for instance, I had fastball as my first pitch just because that's the first one that I created. But as a control freak, having a fastball as your first pitch is not great because the max is 95, but you probably want like some kind of off-speed pitch in that slot because it'll be way more powerful. So what I ended up doing is reordering the pitches and then I switched a couple pitches out. Like I put a circle change in for my changeup and then I put a cutter in for my fastball. Um, with a bunch of testing, I think that will be better. And it also kind of fits the overall picture that I was kind of hoping for uh, for my pitcher in the first place. Um, and and we were talking and I, I I didn't want this change to just be like a Dr. K figures out the meta and decides to min-max his player to win the game. Right. Um, so I think I'm going to write an, uh, an article just about like the storyline aspect of it, like Tosin getting drafted to the Vancouver Vandals, meeting with some of their pitching staff, you know, having them go through a driveline-esque um, type thing with a bunch of uh, data and trying to figure all this stuff out and basically suggest some different grips and some different pitches and different pitch usage and stuff just to make like make the storyline work. Right. I really like the idea of, you know, in the immersion world, mm -hmm. like the scouting team and the GM of Vancouver, you know, like sniffs you out and picks you out of the barrel because you're a great pitcher. Mm -hmm. And then they get you up to Vancouver or down to wherever they have spring training or something. And then sure. they like introduce you to the pitching coach mm -hmm. and then you throw for like 10 minutes and he's just like, Jesus, you suck. Yeah. <laughs> It's just like some old crotchety man who's like, yeah. what the hell is this? That's right. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see how, uh, how it goes. I will either write up that article and, and put it up on PBE media soon, or I've been working on kind of a long scale project to put up some mega article at some point. So it might be in there, but um, I also like connecting it to some like real world stuff. I don't know if you've, um, heard of uh, the effectively wild podcast it's like a baseball podcast in the real world um oh. one of the hosts of that ben Lindbergh, has written a number of books that is really really fascinating to me um so like the first book follows trevor bauer for instance and his um and his throwing a fastball over center field in anger. I was going to say, I, there's so many ways to go with this. I don't approve of Trevor Bauer as a person, like a human. He makes some pretty, pretty poor decisions. But I do find it very interesting that according to a lot of metrics, he's like one of the least athletic pitchers in the league. But he has worked really hard on creating pitches and like using really crazy, awesome and expensive technology to really figure out how pitches work. 
and pitch design, like designing new pitches and trying to figure out how to make it, you know, as effective as it possibly can be. Uh, So teams are doing these kinds of things. Teams are sitting down with tons of data and telling pitchers, hey, you should use your slider more and you should follow your change up with, you know, a curveball because, you know, all of this stuff, it's a data world, data, data, data. Um, And so there's a a reason the movie Moneyball was made. Yeah. That's because out of pretty much every sport, Super nitty gritty analytics probably work best at baseball. Yep. Yeah, I, I totally agree. So I, I think all of that's really interesting. And um, it, it was cool to read that book a couple of years ago and be super jazzed about Trevor Bauer um, and then see him completely like implode on social media and, you know, do things like suddenly have his uh, spin rate jump up by like a, an impossible number of RPMs. Um, cause he probably was using pine tar for the first time, even though he, you know, said that you shouldn't be using it and tried to call other people out for using it. And then suddenly his spin rate got way, 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 way better. And he won a Cy Young. So I don't know who's to, who's to say. The world may never know. Yeah. <laughs> sorry if anyone's listening, nobody's listening to this, but sorry if, uh, you know, somebody somehow heard and is a Trevor Bauer fan. My, my apologies. I think there's plenty of Trevor Bauer fans. I don't think there's a lot of. PPE family therapy fans. Yeah. <laughs> I think that Venn diagram is a very small circle overlaid on a much larger circle, and we probably don't need to worry about that oval all too much. Thank goodness. I think we're safe. Um, looking ahead to this next season, what's going on with Wallaby Hickams? How is it, how is this season going to be different than last season? Uh, well, as, as a very boring answer, the biggest difference is going to be uh, TPE total. Um, yeah. You and I also ran a lot of simulations of last season starting like halfway through the season mm-hmm. or something when I was just flabbergasted at how terrible my player was. Yeah. And you and I ended up finding out that by a long shot, yeah. Wallaby not only was a low TPE total and should be kind of bad-ish, mm-hmm. But also was just getting super unlucky and underperforming for the TPE totals he was at. Yep. So with a combination of having more stat boost resources to work with and mm-hmm. hopefully not getting monstrously unlucky both yes. batting and fielding, yep. I have to imagine Wallaby is going to be a very good player this year. And yep. even though the award doesn't exist technically, mm-hmm. like there's no doubt in my mind that Wallaby would be most improved player. Like, oh, for all. sure. For sure. So far. And, yeah. Yeah. Like so far in the spring training, which is only like 10 games or something. Yep. I don't know. Uh, I, I was getting really frustrated with spring training because mm-hmm. for the first four or five games, I was talking with Dr. K as the games are going on. Wallaby was still batting like 143 or yeah. something. And I said to him, like, if I just get arbitrarily punished by RNG again, yeah. I won't want to continue playing in PBE. This right. is just going to be a monumental waste of my time yeah. if I put as much effort as I do into it and then the game decides to just shaft me and me alone. Right. Yep. So after those first five games of batting 143 or whatever mm-hmm. it was, by the end of yesterday's stream, now I'm at like 268 or right. something. Just far, far more respectable. Far more respectable. And I finished last season at like 189 or mm-hmm. something. So 
I should not only clear the Mendoza line, but I should be, you know, about a quarter or third batter, probably closer to, yeah, probably closer to 300 than 250. Yep. Absolutely. Which I think would be great, especially as a magician archetype. Right. Yeah. To still have a respectable bat. Yeah. And it's going to be slightly different than the hypothetical builds that I made and tested through mm-hmm. OOTP to try to figure out my uh, minor league cap because after getting drafted by Toros and then talking with the Toros management and the Dillos management, mm-hmm. uh, they are they have shifted me over to shortstop, so I am getting reps yep. and experience there. Awesome. So the the only real difference that had to happen there is instead of bumping my uh fielding arm from 41 to 50 Mm -hmm. that 18 tpe and then siphoning two tpe from one of my powers i don't know which Mm -hmm. one yet it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. that 20 tpe is going to boost it has already boosted my fielding range from 60 to 65 now that i have shifted over to shortstop so yep there'll be Maybe a difference that's noticeable in mm-hmm. fielding. I don't know how much of a difference having nine fewer fielding arm will make, but right. I don't think it'll be a huge deal. Yeah. And I, I, I don't care about siphoning yeah. one power away from my batting. Right. That won't make a difference. Yeah. So, not a big deal. Not a big deal at all. So I'm I'm very happy that your batting got better at the end of the sim, and it'll be fun to have you at shortstop too, and in, in the future, um, just to you know maybe get some more balls here, hit your way and such. But um, for anyone who didn't follow along with the podcast, the testing, just so everyone knows that we were talking about at the middle of last season, we basically looked at the sim, we compared everybody with a contact rating near yours and then looked at batting average and yours was like way worse than your peers. And we looked at the defensive ratings that nobody understands like zone rating. And those were also way worse compared to everybody with a similar uh, defensive rating. So it just, it was just crap all around. Yeah, so it wasn't even like compare people who have the same batting as me and the same fielding as me and see how I'm doing compared to them. It's just isolate only the people who have very comparable batting stats. And for some reason, I was doing like a full like 0.04 worse batting or something. And then isolate just the fielding. And then my efficiency rating was down to like, at one point it was down to 0.89. Yeah, it was awful. As a magician. Yep. And now, uh, with the simulations that I ran of mm-hmm. a hypothetical full build, my efficiency rating on average is something like 1.03. So, like, mm-hmm. I am, like, three standard deviations better than I was. Yeah. And probably one standard deviation better than I should have been. I was just monstrously unlucky that last yep. season. Yeah, so here's to that luck turning around. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully. (laughs) So looking ahead to this next season, what are you looking forward to? What are you hoping for? What are you excited to watch? Uh, Well, I think, you know, putting aside my armadillo loyalty for a while, I do Mm -hmm. think this is probably your season to win Mm -hmm. uh, as a team. And I think having you be like, 
the workhorse pitcher for your franchise is really cool. So yeah. that'll be, you know, that'll be like a fun opportunity to maybe see you get in the World Series and maybe start three games if it goes seven or something yeah, like that. That'd be awesome. Be um, super awesome. So I think your team is poised to have a great season. I think you are poised to have a large season as well. And I think I'm really excited to see myself and my performance when a, I have better TPE and B I'm not really unlucky. Uh, it's also just really healthy for me to get reps at shortstop because Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'll be able to get my experience at shortstop from 100 to 200 in Mm -hmm. one season but I don't expect to be called up next season, mm-hmm. probably. So having two seasons in a row will get me like in shape to yep. get to the majors, which is nice. For sure. Um, I think there's a healthy chance that, especially now that you've put in some research and made some tinkering, there's a healthy chance that you get like pitcher of the year or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's a very healthy chance that I get a gold glove for shortstop. Mm-hmm. Although that might be a little bit trickier since I do have the slight disadvantage of temporarily playing slightly out of position, even though sure. I do have some amount of experience there. Yeah. Um, and both of those would be fun, mostly for the narrative thing. You and I do yeah. also have yeah. contract bonuses where if either of those happen, mm-hmm. then that respective player gets like a little nugget of money. But yeah. at least I don't know what your mentality was, but when I negotiated that bonus in my contract, I like literally said, I don't really care about the money. I just yeah. think it's fun to have in the contract as like an immersion. And yeah, it's, it's, it's like contract bonuses exist all the time in professional yeah. sports. So oh, it's just yeah. like a fun little thing to throw in there. Yeah. Yep. I totally agree. And I, I don't, I don't necessarily think I'll be pitcher of the year. I think if I, if I have, if the sim really blesses me, it's totally possible to come up with a pitcher of the year, but it's the same thing. It's, it's not that much money and it's just a fun thing to have in there to, have yeah. as a bit of storyline to motivate your player. Yeah. And especially for us, the money doesn't matter. Yeah. Cause you did have to spend some amount in order to, you know, reshop your pitches. Right. Uh, what did that cost by the way? So uh, let's see. Re, uh, each pitch changed from one pitch to another was 1 million. So that's 2 million total. Cause I switched two pitches. Reordering the pitches was 3 million. So five. And then I redistributed um 34 tpe um which was like 1.7 million so i spent like six almost seven million just rearranging stuff i assume there's some ratio of you know x dollars per tpe moved or something yeah it's like 50 grand per tpe moved okay what did what did you do with that so basically so i mentioned earlier i didn't understand that the three pitches in order mattered so I had fastball changeup slider and the slider is kind of the pitch that I wanted to be my pitch. So I had like 61 TPE in the slider. Then I changed out the pitches and I switched the pitches. Um, unfortunately, the TPE stays with the slot and not the specific pitch. Uh, so you have, so really you don't have sense, like, but okay. So, well, kind of, I mean, it, it makes sense from building the sheet for a pitcher. Because, you know, having pitch one, pitch two, pitch three is a lot easier than having like 12 pitch things and having a lot of them be empty. Yep. No, I totally agree with that. I think more from like a um, real life standpoint. Sure. You know, 
but but this this is just another example of where verisimilitude has to get kicked out the window in order mm-hmm. to make way for a more balanced game experience. Yep. I totally agree. And huge shout out to LBG, my GM, who helped me with kind of all this build stuff because I was doing a lot of research on my own and he confirmed a lot of things and also uh, helped out with a bunch of kind of nudging in different directions. And I think the end results will be a really awesome pitcher. Um, right. Yeah. Which is super and cool. more important than just being mechanically maybe better than he would have been if you mm-hmm. hadn't changed it is the fact that it's a pitcher that more buys into what you wanted to build. Yeah. Absolutely. It's like less cookie cutter pitches, like just a fastball and change up and more movement with their pitches, which it's kind of like what I was going for in the first place. Um, right. And I'm kind of of the mentality that if you're a high earner like mm-hmm. us, you can definitely afford to pick something off meta mm-hmm. and it won't matter. If you yeah. put the time and effort into it, the TPE that you gain is going to more than outweigh being like suboptimal or something. Right. Right. Yeah. I would totally agree. So I'm excited to see how Tosin does. And uh, I'll tell you what, one of the things that I'm most excited about this league, and it's something I've been talking about forever. It's about the storylines. That's what really matters in sports. Um, so like being able to see you guys win the World Series last year, although I'm not a Dillo, I was cheering like crazy when you guys won it just because I was cheering for your player. Right. Um, and as we learn and as we meet more and more players, seeing them succeed is awesome. Like I was stoked for the Rugerus last year just because I had had a couple interactions with Phillies fan. And it's like, sweet. Yeah. He got a, he got a ring. That's awesome. Yeah. It's fun to root for him. And it's fun to root for, like you said, the storyline of mm-hmm. they've never won a playoff game yeah. and now they won the four most important playoff games. Yeah. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm excited to see not only how the minors go, but also like now that we have major league teams, being able to cheer them on, that's going to be super awesome. Um, yeah, and one advantage that you and I have over mm-hmm. a large amount of other people that joined the league is mm-hmm. you and I joined at the same time, and we have known each other for thir- like 30 years almost now, yeah. 27 years. Jeez, I'm old. Or 24, if you count like when I was probably able to have memories right. or something. <laughs> um, but like... So you and I effectively have twice as many teams that we could be happy about because yeah. if either the Dillos or Dallas do well, mm-hmm. you know, obviously I would rather Dillos do well, mm-hmm. but if the Dynamos end up winning everything, they're just like, oh, okay, hey, Doc got a win. That's awesome. Yeah, for sure. And then same thing with Toros and Vandals. Not as much allegiance yeah. to them yet because we haven't played for them yet, but right. Right. We'll get still them. like there's their Toros are still now my favorite team in right. the majors because why else would I pick anything else? You yeah. Know? Yep. Totally. And same with me and the Vandals. So I'm, yeah. I'm all about it. So it'll be, it'll be fun to keep an eye on the majors stream in a kind of a different light, different way this year. It was kind of fun. I went back to the uh, Twitch VOD of the draft night because mm-hmm. um, I, when I got drafted, I was, mm-hmm. you know, typing in chat to so many people on discord mm-hmm. that I didn't actually pay attention to what the broadcast said at all about me. So I went back to the broadcast to listen and it also Twitch VODs keep chat as well. Mm -hmm. And a lot more people on Twitch chat than I thought knew that you and I were cousins. So that's fun. That is fun. And a lot of them really got a kick out of the fact that 
with you in Vancouver and me in Cancun, with the exception of Kashima, we're basically as far away as possible from each other. <laughs> I didn't even realize that. That's amazing. Because yeah. <laughs> Kashima is the only team that's not North America. Right. And I think Cancun is the farthest south. Uh, I know it's the yeah. farthest south. I just yeah, don't well, know. If, I just don't know if Sarasota is far enough east to override how far mm. south Cancun is. But like either way, it's we're possible. we were geographically very separated in universe. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious! Yeah, it is. It is pretty awesome that people know we're cousins because it's they probably somebody has listened to the podcast and somebody has possibly said something about it. I did see a write up a long time ago where it was like. You know, Dr. K and Blow Pop, apparently they're friends or they know each other or something. I think yes. what you're thinking of, it, I, I know um, Ronco in his like immersion Trevin Knight yeah. thing. So he he's like, I think Ronco, the human being, knows yeah. that you and I are cousins. For sure. But, it, but in universe, he's like, yeah, for some reason, my teammate Wallaby is like yeah. friends with Giuseppe. I don't know why. They talk yes. a bunch. Not I, my style, but he can do that. Right. I do remember that, and I loved that he wrote that up. I I remember seeing somewhere else somebody else wrote about like the users us knowing each other. Okay. I don't I don't remember who it was, but I did love that little aspect of, of Ron Coe's writing, which was pretty cool. Yeah, which is just fun because a he like it. It's fun to know that he's paid attention to us. Yeah, I guess. And b it's also kind of fun that he's like, I don't want to be friends with other teams. Yeah, for real. <laughs> Oh, which is awesome. Also, I loved that uh, you joined the Dynamo's lobby. And of course, I was asleep because I'm an old man. I go to bed early. But the. Uh, okay, I also joined at three in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, you should not have been awake. <laughs> oh, one of my favorite traditions has been early Sunday mornings. Oh, I, I wake up really early for work. So I'll wake up and I'll check Discord and then I'll send you a message. I just, yeah, I remember one <laughs> one message back in college. Uh, Dr. K noticed that I was online at like mm -hmm. six or seven in the morning on some night or whatever. And he's yeah. just like, Hey, you're up early. And I was like, no, I'm up late. And he was like, Oh, all right. Why? And I just, because I've lost control of my life. <laughs> so then this last weekend I got up at like 5 AM or something. And I respond to some message that you said last night and then you, you basically responded back. I was like, good morning, uh, blah, blah, blah. Here's the answer to that. And you responded back, good morning, crap. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it's like, I ended. It is that time. It is indeed that time. Yeah, Dr. K has occasionally been the opposite of an alarm clock for me. Yeah. Womp the the go-to-bed clock. Go to bed. <laughs> Not that he tells me to go to bed. Right. But I just start talking with him in the morning and then realize, oh, it's morning. <laughs> I have um, made some decisions. I love it. Um, one last thing that's totally off topic, but hilarious. Uh, so you joined the Dynamo's chat, mm -hmm. uh, the the lobby. And so I like commented on it. It's like, is you my cousin? Have, have I told you that story of the Cam Newton story? No, I thought you were just doing like a is you is or is you ain't my baby. Which also, hey, that works too. It can yeah. work on a couple different levels. There's so there's a video that went around. It was like like five or six years ago. It was when Cam Newton was like tearing up the league. When when did he have his MVP season? It was like 2015. I think, I think it was 15. 
So it was, it was around there. So it's this video of him signing autographs. And all of the kids that he's signing autographs, they're probably like fourth, fifth grade kids, right? And all of them are white. And so he's going around, he'll grab a football and it'll be like, what's up, bro? Is you my cousin? And seeing the shot of this kid, like with his mom or something, being like, uh, no, no. Unlikely. No. <laughs> so he'll sign it, he hands it back. Next kid, hey, what's up, bro? Is you my cousin? And the, the, one of the kids like looks back at his mom like he's about to cry. He's like, I, I don't know. I was like, oh, okay, all right, what? Well, Gets to the third kid. Hey, what's up, bro? Is you my cousin? And the the kid is just like, yes. And so Cam Newton turns into another guy. Hey, yeah, what's up? This is my cousin. And then the kid is just like, I don't, I don't know what to do. <laughs> the kid doesn't know that this is just like a setup for a bit. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, uh, I don't, I don't know what's going on. Anyways, so anytime I see you, I just think, is you my cousin? <laughs> Very correct. Actually which, correct. Which case. you are. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome, dude. Well, uh, I think it's about time we wrap this party up. Probably. Uh, we are going to take the next three days to mm -hmm. ruminate on these results that we found. Yep. So we're not going to advertise the uh, the data that we generated necessarily as yep. what you should do for your season predictions. Mm -hmm. We're going to, at least I'm going to probably use it as a building block, probably yep. move some stuff around. Like I just, Something feels weird about putting Scorpion sixth, you know? Yep, yep. I agree. Or Ruger is sixth. Like or Ruger is sixth, yeah. So it's a bit much. We'll we'll figure out something. So there won't be any recommendation uh from at least not from me to officially yep. make your predictions one way or the other. However, yeah. in probably about a week, mm -hmm. there will almost assuredly be another casino posting. That's right. I will put the number crunching to work and we'll see if we can get all you find folk another two-ish million dollars hopefully that's right blow pops best bets coming up in just a couple of weeks so get excited break out the wallets there it is all right well thank you so much for everyone who has listened to us there are none thank you all to our local or <laughs> our local we don't have any local subscribers our loyal subscribers local subscribers would be like, would they know that they're loyal? Like, I don't would know. they know where we are? Okay, are they local to you or local to me? Are they know. like the geographical mean? Is it just people like in Chicago hanging out listening <laughs> to both of us? Chicagoans. Also, hey, shout out to Moosey. I had a great conversation with him. He is in Minnesota, grew up really near where you live, oh. uh, and is also in the, like super into disc golf. So shout out Moosey. Grew, grew up where I live now or where, no, no, no. where I lived growing up? Where you used to live. Okay. Like just south of you. Okay. But that area. So anyways, shout out to Moosey. Our our closing bit has kind of derailed at this point. Yeah. Well, I flubbed the first line because the first line is supposed to be like, no, I don't think so. Because the first line is like, you're so, you say thanks to all the people who listened all the way through. And then yeah. I'm supposed to say, we're sorry. But I went straight to like the response to the subscriber <laughs> thing. didn't. So I said, so there, there aren't, aren't there are none. <laughs> so I just skipped the second bit entirely. Uh, yeah. So the last thing left is I just have to say Godilla's at the end. Right. Okay. So then maybe we should, maybe, maybe we should just cut to the end. If I just say Godilla's, then you can say whatever you want. I just won't talk for the rest. So <laughs> Godilla's. Oh, Blow Pops sucks. He's the worst. 
Yeah, he's still not going to say anything. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. We really appreciate it. And go Dillos.